I'm Alex Melia, and this is Our Voices on Racism in the UK, the podcast that provides a platform for real people to share their untold stories. In this series, hear about the devastating long-term effects of racism in the UK. Some of these personal stories may be hard to hear, but it's absolutely vital that we air them in order to enact much-needed change. So please, share them with a friend. Let's get into today's episode. We wanted to occupy more space. We wanted Muslim women to be seen in every scene. We wanted to show that Islam doesn't limit us, it empowers us. This is Aisha. She's a Muslim woman living in London. She's also a skateboarder. Aisha fell in love with skating when she was little. Her story is one of fighting the assumptions that people make and being accepted for who she is and what she believes. One thing in Islam that we're taught is um, we're all born to be a leader. We're influencing someone or the other in our lives, whether it's a younger sibling or a friend or a community of people. We have It's a duty upon us to serve those around us, especially those who are vulnerable, those who need our support. Aisha grew up in the Middle East. It was a really comfortable upbringing. Everyone followed the same religion as her. But when she moved to London to study, she didn't feel as safe. The college I studied in was very, um, it was very white. Not only white, but it was also, I was the only person in my entire college wearing a headscarf, so I stood out like a sore thumb. Around 10 years ago, a group of white guys at Aisha's college were making fun of Muslim people and of Islam. They were talking about the headscarf. Aisha's friend decided to speak up. She stepped in and said, you know, how dare you? How can you say, you know, such awful things about Islam? You don't know anything about Islam. You know, don't listen to the media. They're just spreading lies and fake, you know, it's fake news. But the guys weren't put off. They continued bad mouth in the religion. I felt very hurt and rejected. I was very, you know, I, I just, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked at how can you judge me based off what the media are saying you've never spoken to me directly then Aisha's friend the one who spoke up told the boys that she's also a Muslim she just doesn't wear a headscarf that made them all go quiet it was clear that not only had these boys judged Aisha and her religion they had made assumptions about her friend too you know what's the education system teaching these people for them to have such um, skewed views, such narrow-minded views towards others. Aisha says that these dangerous misconceptions mean that many Muslim people have to face a difficult choice. So to what extent do we assimilate? To what extent do we water down ourselves and our faith to be accepted, but also hold on to our faith, you know, which hold on to our faith, hold on to our race, you know, or culture, the thing that makes us who we are. A lot of us, we're not always feeling safe in majority spaces within the UK um, as non-white people to speak out immediately. Seeing the racism, seeing the Islamophobia, a lot of us have to go the extra mile to be accepted. So be extra friendly, be extra nice, which isn't fair, but it's the reality because otherwise people will think the worst of you um, due to the media, due to the government, you know. 
Over the years, as Aisha continued building her life in the UK, she encountered more racism across society, from universities to workplaces. She joined campaigns and began speaking out. Sadly, that time at college was far from the only racist trauma that Aisha has been through. She says there have been tens, maybe even hundreds of incidents. During a time of heightened Islamophobia in the UK, Aisha was working for the charity, UNICEF, going door to door. This white woman opened her door and it was quite a posh house. It was a quite a posh apartment. She opened the door, saw me and screamed at me saying, get out, get out, and started, you know, effing and blinding, saying, you get out before I call the police. And I just, it was a horrific scene for me. I was just shocked. I was, I could, I was just standing in disbelief. Um, I, I was just like, this can't be happening. Like, how on earth is this happening? Aisha was there to talk about the refugee crisis. And this woman repeatedly threatened to call the police in broad daylight. And I'm thinking, for what? Like, what did I do? I just simply knocked. If I was a white woman without a headscarf standing in front of her, things would be absolutely different. It would be absolutely different. Um, and that's the sad reality. The woman continued screaming and swearing on her doorstep at the top of her lungs. Aisha was truly terrified. I just, I literally, I ran out. I physically ran out. It was, it's terrifying. It was just, it was just unreal. I was just like, it, I felt extremely unsafe. I just, I didn't know what the woman could do next. She was screaming the place, you know, the place down. I was actually surprised no other neighbors came out hearing her voice. The abuser also made Aisha feel like a criminal, even though obviously she'd done nothing wrong. And it was very heavy on me psychologically. It affected my work. I needed to take time off work. I just felt so criminalized and demonized. And I'm quite a strong person and quite a resilient person, I like to think. And that incident broke me down. I was just like, I never felt so unwanted and unsafe in a country before. And I've traveled in it to quite a few countries um, in my life. Yeah, it was just, it was horrific. It was like, for me, it's just, this is what racism in the UK is doing. This traumatic incident, along with countless others, made Aisha realize that people are so deeply influenced by racist, divisive messages from both the media and the government. I find a lot of these white people are just very ignorant they just don't know they just don't understand that you know they're carrying so much privilege and they're getting away with it and it's just it's not right like how can a society live like this how can the world live like this like you're just simply dividing us now Aisha tackles this division by being part of Skater Uktis it's a global movement of female Muslim skateboarders our two main goals of the project is to develop ourselves um, spiritually in our religion, Islam, as well as develop ourselves as skaters, skateboarders specifically. We wanted Muslim women to be seen in every scene. We wanted to show that Islam doesn't limit us, it empowers us, it empowers us to, you know, be practicing whilst doing the things we love. 
They're not only challenging negative stereotypes of Islam, they're also diversifying skateboarding, which can still be overwhelmingly white and male. Aisha's skate crew have had the chance to meet plenty of skaters who aren't Muslim. A lot of them, they didn't know about Islam until they met us. And the only Islam they came across are, you know, are the, you know, media's skewed views of Islam and just the messed up stuff they um, fuel out there. Skater Uchtis is now in 17 countries, including Australia, Palestine, Nigeria and many more. It's very much needed. It's subtly tackling Islamophobia globally. And it's a kind of like a creative way to show like, hey, you know, we're just like anyone else. We're, and we're very practicing Muslims. We're not having, we're not going to water down our religion to be accepted by you. You can accept us for who we are now. There's nothing wrong with us as we are. I asked Aisha why she thinks she has this real fire to fight racism and change perceptions of Islam. One thing we learn in Islam all the time to you know, be in constant remembrance that life is short, so always work on being a good person and helping those around you. So with that kind of reminder, and as someone who believes in God, with that kind of reminder from God, that's one of the many reasons I have that fire in me. And also I realized over the years that if you want to see change, you need to be the one creating it. You cannot sit and wait for someone else to do it because it'll never happen. I hope Aisha's story serves as a reminder to challenge our own assumptions and examine the information we're being given. Aisha has had an incredibly rough journey with racism over the years, from more minor, yet still incredibly difficult racist belittling, like with the group of boys at college, to majorly aggressive racism from her time working door to door for UNICEF. These stories were just two examples out of hundreds that she has. Unfortunately, we just can't publish all of them. Should Aisha or millions of others have to endure hundreds of racist acts? And what can we do as a collective to make sure that this doesn't happen again to others in future? Well, one thing we can do is to report racism when we see or hear it. We just can't stand by and let this happen to so many people, especially inspiring individuals like Aisha, who are racially attacked while trying to help other people, in evidence from her charity work, as well as empowering other female Muslim skaters at Skater Uchtis. If you want to keep in touch with the show and be the first to find out what's coming up next, go to our website, www.ourvoicespodcast.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. The links are in the show notes. And if you haven't already, give us a quick follow in your favorite podcast app. See you for another incredible story next week. Thanks so much for listening. Now you probably know I'm looking to grow this show. Since you're here, I'm guessing you're a fan, but you might not know how to help. Here's how. 1. Tap follow wherever you're listening. 2. Give it a 5 star review on your podcast app. This helps more people discover the show. 3. Send this episode to one person. They'll thank you for it later. I really appreciate your help. See you on the next one.